Rams fans, welcome into Rams Showcase. My name is Sheriff Joe Bags. Tonight's uh, will we see more roster moves this week? Plus, Joe Stradamus getting loose for the season. And later on, week one is here. We preview the Los Angeles Rams at the Seattle Seahawks. Before we get into the action, just a reminder, RamsShowcase.com is where you can keep up with uh, Rams Showcase as well as myself. We will have game previews in written form going there as well as uh, here. And... Well, I guess the news is kind of out there already that uh, the video version of Ram Showcase officially coming back. Not the full version of the podcast, though. That is going to just be uh, the game preview. So that will be up on uh, YouTube as well as Facebook uh, every single week. So keep your eyeballs out for that for the game previews in video form, as that is, of course, officially coming back at Ram Showcase at Sheriff Joe Beggs uh, for the latest surrounding the, the show and myself. And again, RamsShowcase.com is where you're going to find the most up-to-date information. Let's go ahead and dive right on in. So we're going to open with a bit of a rumor that is uh, kind of making its way back through as uh, the Rams and Brian Burns being tied together once again. While I don't think that this move is impossible, I do think that this story is being misunderstood. Once again, this is from one of those uh, Twitter accounts that... Uh, is 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 unofficial, but we don't know who runs them. It's one of those like ML football, JP football, whatever they happen to be. We don't know who's running those. And for that reason, I never really take what they say and, and kind of run with it at first. I kind of wait until we hear it from, uh, from other people, uh, simply because, again, if we don't know who they are, it's hard to trust them, even though they've been right a good chunk of the time. Uh, but uh, hiding your identity, I think, is something that makes me a little nervous about your uh, your intentions. Uh, but uh, basically what this story or uh, tweet really is all it is uh, that uh, is being run with right now, it is really just a tweet that mentioned that uh, the, the Panthers and Brian Burns working on a new deal and that last year the Rams did have interest in trading for Brian Burns and were willing to give up multiple first-round picks was uh, the report last year for Brian Burns. So, uh, this was brought back into the attention of the people, and what I really think is uh, important to realize here is that I don't think that this story is, or or this information was put out there in, in a sense of, hey, the Rams are going to try to make a move for this guy. I think it was more in a sense of like, hey, this guy's got value. Even the Rams were trying to trade multiple first-round picks for him last year, so the Panthers should just probably pay him because there's people out there that want this guy. That's kind of how I took that news. Um, so again, while I don't think that this is impossible, I do think it's all just being misunderstood. The Rams made a push for him last year, and that could absolutely happen again this year. And maybe uh, maybe something is uh, coming our way as far as uh, Brian Burns potentially becoming a Los Angeles Ram. But I would say based on the way that this offseason uh, has gone and just the whole mood of the, the, the team right now, I would say that it's it's probably unlikely. Uh, and right now, I'm going to go ahead and chalk that up to a rumor. Next up, the uh, official, unofficial depth chart has uh, officially released. And, well, there's a couple things that kind of stuck out to me. So, so far, uh, left tackle is being listed as Joe Noteboom or A.J. Jackson. I do expect Jackson here. He did say that he is starting. Uh, he told me that in Denver. Noteboom, I think we kind of understand that he is not going to be a starter on this uh, offensive line. But A.J. Jackson looking uh, like he should be sliding into that role. Uh, but I did think that, that was a little curious coming up on the unofficial depth chart. But also, let's not forget that uh, 
I don't think the teams really care about these. I'll be honest. I don't think it like the coaching staff is like, we got to get this depth chart figured. I think that they kind of know and they know what uh, what guys are going to be out there, what guys are going to be taking reps. And I think that the unofficial depth chart is more for the fans to kind of put our, our eyes on on these guys and uh, and kind of look at like where from our perspective, what or uh, who who the team has above uh, who else and, and all that good stuff. And kind of figuring out different position grouping groupings as well. I know uh, if you look at just the roster uh, for the Rams, that a good chunk of them are just listed as DB. But of course, on the depth chart, you get that broken into corner or safety. Uh, so I think it really is for us. Uh, speaking of this, though, uh, on the offensive line, again, is a center. is also another or popping up. And I want to mention this, too, because uh, we saw... I don't even remember what scenario it was, uh, but it was pretty recent that uh, that uh, a team put out an or situation on their their depth chart, and I think it was Schefter that said he's like I've never seen this before. I've never seen them put an or, and it's like the Rams have been doing that since St. Louis. Like, it feels pretty standard to me uh, to see this guy or this guy will be the starter, or it, you can expect them to rotate. Um, so I was kind of surprised by that information but uh hey i guess also at the same time uh when you're a guy that covers all of the entire league uh you probably don't pay uh super close attention to all the nuances like that of like off-season preseason depth charts of every single team and how they typically structure them so i guess it makes sense uh in that uh regard but as far as the center being uh allen or shelton I actually don't know what to expect here, and I'm not sure if the team has really figured it out yet about who's going to be playing the center position. If I had to uh, venture a guess, I'm going to say that it's going to be Brian Allen simply because of his experience uh, playing in that role. But Coleman Shelton, I think, is a very respectable starter at the center spot, and if he does get that nod, I would be excited to see him out there. Our right guard is listed as Tremaine Ankrum, with Kevin Dotson being the backup officially. There is no or on that list. It is uh, Ankrum uh, penciled in as the starter at right guard ahead of Kevin Dotson. Wide receiver Cooper Cup is being listed as a starter right now, of course, with uh, Benny Sko behind him. But of course, we know now that uh, Cooper Cup will not play in week one. We'll talk about him in just a moment here. And nose tackle is uh, listed as Bobby Brown or Kobe Turner. I expect a rotation here, actually. I don't know if uh, it really matters who gets the first few reps of uh, of the game. I think it will see both of these guys get a fair amount of snaps. And it could be like a drive thing. It could be just uh, depending on the flow of the game and getting these guys in and out. Depends on how fast the Seahawks offense is moving, if they're doing any kind of hurry up, anything like that, or just uh, or if we can slow it down a bit and uh, get those, keep those guys fresh, which ultimately is uh, ideal when you're dealing with a rotation, especially on your defensive line. With somebody next to to Aaron Donald, uh, keeping everybody fresh uh, so that they can get after the the quarterback is obviously ideal. And then your safety, Russ Yeast, being listed as a starter ahead of John Johnson, and I'm not really sure what to make of that right now. Maybe it's because John Johnson is uh, still kind of getting his his Rams feet under him, his hooves under him, if you will. He, he's a this is now an unglet. Uh, but uh, maybe he's just trying to get a little bit more into the groove, uh, being back as a Ram. But right now, Russ Yeast was uh, listed as the starter uh, at safety, according to our unofficial depth chart. Punt returner as uh, Puka Nakua, as well as our kick returner being Kyron Williams. So it looks like we kind of figured out those slots. Of course, Kyron Williams did not play in the preseason. Puka Nakua did. 
but uh, we'll also see if uh, the injury to Cooper Cup changes the usage of Puka Nakua as far as a punt returner goes. So uh, that's just obviously going to be something that we see kind of just unfold while it's out there. Uh, but again, I would expect that if Cup is not going to be playing for uh, potentially uh, a, a little bit of an extended time, uh, then maybe Puka Nakua does not take those punt return duties as, of course, he can fill in on the offense uh, pretty solid as, uh, of course, Cooper Cup is a very critical part of this offense. Uh, so that's unfortunate news. Speaking of Cooper Cup, we'll give the Cooper Cup date. And i am be honest, I'm disappointed in every single Rams person that has a YouTube channel because nobody had a video called the Cooper Cup date. What the heck out of here, guys? I, so I, I don't do like those single topic videos of like of uh, reactions to things, but not a single one called the Cooper Cup date. So disappointed. I'm disappointed in everybody right now. A little bit of myself, too, because I, I, I realize it was there and I, I have the outlets to do all this stuff. But still, what the heck? So Cup has, uh, of course, spent time in Minnesota seeing a specialist, hoping to get more clarity on his hamstring injury, despite what the Internet doctors will tell you. Because um, I'm going to be honest here. I'm going to take a shot at some internet doctors here today and uh, just probably for the whole season. All right. There's a reason that Cooper Cup is in Minnesota seeing a doctor and you're tweeting about Cooper Cup and his hamstring. There's a there's got to be a reason behind that. Right. If you were the specialist, maybe you would be getting NFL players coming to you. But instead, you're just tweeting about it and being like, this makes no sense. How could you do it? You weren't there, man. <laughs> and you're not there. That's the thing is that uh, people are not coming to you uh, for their answers. So how about you just rein it on in, take a little bit of a backseat uh, because you're not a doctor in the NFL working on NFL players. You're tweeting about them. So whatever. Had to get that off my chest. So either way, um, this uh, should be a benefit for the Triple Crown winner, of course, uh, taking it easy to start the season uh, to ensure that his hammy is good to go. Uh, it does feel like a positive move. It does, to me, seem uh, like better to miss a week or two, maybe uh, just a couple, uh, than then playing in week one and then really re-aggravating something and missing an extended period. So this season, uh, while not confirmed to be terrible yet, is kind of understood to be a season that we will be able to evaluate our young guys and see who is needed to build back up that championship-level roster. I think that we can all agree that this is probably not a championship-level roster going into the 2023 season, but I will say that I think that this team is better than other people are giving it credit for. And all I've seen today, as far as uh, post the Cooper Cup date, <laughs> of uh, just fans are losing their minds. And understandably so. Cooper Cup is a very talented player. He's very important to this offense. Um, but I will say this, that my, my optimism was not hinging solely on Cooper Cup. That's, I think, the best way to put it, is uh, that it wasn't, I, I wasn't sitting here optimistic about the Rams solely because of Cooper Cup. It wasn't like, well, as long as we have Cup, I feel okay. It's a lot of different answers to that. It's John Johnson paired with Jordan Fuller on the back end, while Ernest Jones now is a captain with the green dot. And we still got Aaron Donald on the defense. We still have uh, Matthew Stafford, uh, kind of, he's just holding it down uh, as the field general on offense. We still have a solid offensive line. I do really believe that. I think that we have eight or nine guys who should be starters on an offensive line. It's uh, lucky for us that we have some of those guys just chilling on our bench. Uh, that is uh, anchored by Rob Havenstein. We also got Van Jefferson. Uh, we got Ben Skoranek and Tyler Higby. Like, and I know these, these, aren't, these aren't superstar names. These are not, you know, uh, pro bowl, all pro, hall of fame level names. But they are very, very good football players. And I, again, I, I think that, that that is possibly the best way that I could put it is 
that uh, my optimism on this Rams team is not solely hinged on the first few weeks of the season not having Cooper Cup. It seems like a lot of fans have taken the uh, the approach of the second that Cooper Cup was down, there's like, well, we might as well just pack it in this year. And it's like, wait a second, he might only miss like three weeks. Like maybe he goes to IR and misses four to six or something like that. But like, that's also pretty early in the season. I mean, you can you can realistically start two and four and then really pull it together and then uh, start winning some games and, and make it to the postseason. So I guess I, I was surprised at the reaction. And, and I get it because obviously, like I said, Cooper Cup is so good at this game. He is a very, very good football player. And our offense is obviously a lot better when he's out there. But let's also not forget that we are dealing with human beings as much as uh, we do get into like the whole fantasy uh, the mindset and, you know, uh, working as, as these like little pawns in a weird chess game or whatever. But like, he's also a human being who has had a very hefty, uh, injury history, uh, outside of literally one season where he was the triple crown winner and the Super Bowl MVP. So this is not something that's necessarily even out of the ordinary for Cooper cup in his career. Uh, while it is unfortunate this is something that um, is to be expected from football players. Uh, people get hurt. It's uh, it's an, uh, a very unfortunate part of the game, uh, but it does happen. And it's something that you got to deal with. And it, any player could go down. Uh, we saw that last year, obviously. Uh, but any player could go down. And uh, we just need to now know who's going to step in and, and, and root for those guys. Um, it's not just because Cooper Cup has gone down that now it's not possible for the Rams to win any football games. Uh, we've won football games with Cooper Cup. We've, or I, what am I trying to say? We've, we've won games without Cooper Cup, and we've also lost games with Cooper Cup. So uh, the the dubs and losses uh, do not solely hinge on the shoulders of Cooper Cup, which would be a, a pretty hefty burden to deal with anyway. Uh, but I I will say that that uh, the Cooper Cup being being out for a little bit, uh, it's it it hasn't completely like infected my brain where I'm like well I guess we're just gonna get the number one overall pick then like that's I didn't go straight there it was like okay well this is unfortunate we might start a little slow on offense but when he gets back we'll be able to get rolling and also we have Cam Akers we also have Tyler Higby we have Puka Nakua and maybe Tutu Atwell pops this year you know what I mean Van Jefferson who knows what he's doing here uh so I, I'm not uh, ready to sell out uh I'm not ready to like cancel all my bets on the Rams uh going into the season just because Cooper Cup is uh, scheduled to miss a few weeks. Um, also, we we do have some other injuries uh, to kind of mention. Of course, Cooper Cup being the the starter, and you know what uh, what he does for this uh, this team. Obviously, uh, that's the main one there. But Hunter Long and Stetson Bennett both are not going to play against the Seahawks in Week One. Uh, as far as Stetson Bennett goes, uh, just some shoulder soreness, so uh, should get him back uh, sooner rather than later. And the Rams are expected to elevate uh, quarterback Brett Rippin. Uh, to be a backup to Matthew Stafford in week one against the Seahawks. We'll see uh, what the injury shakeup kind of kind of happens and uh, what uh, what roster moves the Rams are going to make because there are some moves to be made, especially if Cooper Cup is going to go to IR, which I think I, I think might be the move. Um, of course, I don't know what he's feeling. I also am not a doctor and looking at his hamstring. I could look at his hamstring, but I would have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> but uh, I, I think that without knowing how he feels, without knowing uh, the extent of that injury, anything like that, uh, from my perspective, my very limited view out here in Colorado as I sit here in my living room and do a podcast is uh, simply that it, maybe it's best to just go ahead and, and, and put him on IR, make sure that he comes back healthy and uh, good to go. And also, missing four weeks, it's not the end of the world. That's, that's 
so few weeks that I think by like week 17 or 18, you would have to like remind people that he missed the start of the season. Like that's how that's how little this is right here. And also, let's not forget that uh, with the the new CBA and the limited practices that you have in the off season, now the teams are not really who they are until you get to probably week six or seven anyway. So if Cooper Cup got back in uh, that range of time and then uh, can get that connection, of course, with Matthew Stafford, which we have known, uh, we, we've come to, to know and love, uh, then I think that, that would be plenty of time to get it together and uh, to make a, a, maybe a run for uh, the postseason. Speaking of the postseason, I want to get into some Joe Stradamus here real fast. And I don't want to go too nuts here, uh, but I do have my playoff picture predictions. and. I'll, I'll kind of explain a few of these. Some of them are pretty straightforward, I'll be honest. Uh, we're going to start in the AFC. Speaking of straightforward, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. I've got them winning the division. I don't think that that's insane. I, in fact, if you think that that is insane, I I, I encourage you to look at the past few seasons. Um, I, I think that this division is very good. I think that the Chargers make, uh, make some improvements this year, especially with their offensive coordinator coming in. They just seem like they're in the right headspace this, uh, this season. Uh, with their the way that their offseason went, the, the Broncos are, I mean, they should be better uh, with Sean Payton coming over instead of Nathaniel Hackett. I think that that's a, an upgrade. And of course, you got the Raiders, who uh, I don't think are a playoff team. I don't think that they're very good. But uh, either way, the Chiefs, I do think, come out of the NFC or the, excuse me, the AFC West. Also got the Baltimore Ravens winning that division. Um, I realize that the Bengals are right there, but there's something about this Ravens team I really like this year. Uh, outside of that, I'm going with the uh, Miami Dolphins to win their division. I do think that the uh, the arrival of Aaron Rodgers is being a little overstated. I'll say that much. Although, uh, I think it's worth noting that uh, he is driven by people being like, you can't do this. <laughs> it's, I think he, he thrives on on proving people wrong. And, and hey, whatever it takes to motivate you. I, I personally, I choose to... Uh, to, to take my motivation in proving people right, uh, to prove to the people that do believe in me correct, uh, rather than the people that don't believe in me wrong, because what the hell do they know? <laughs> but but uh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, not that way. So I do think that the Bills take a step back. Uh, the Patriots, I don't think are quite there yet. And uh, the Jets, uh, Jets and Bills, there's something about both those teams that I think that they'll be good, but I, I don't know if they are going to be good enough to take out that division. And I think the Dolphins are being a little bit slept on, especially if health can be uh, a factor here. And then uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't think that that's too insane. I think that they're the only team worth a damn in that division. I'll be completely honest. I don't think anybody else even sniffs the playoffs. And I think the Jaguars run away with it and have uh, the ability to take the final few weeks of the season completely off if they would like to. And your wildcard teams. I do have the Jets and Bills making it out of that division. Um, because I, I think that they will win enough games to kind of compete, uh, but the AFC is tough. And then uh, my final wild card team, I do have the Cincinnati Bengals slipping in there as a wild card as well, because uh, let's not forget that they are a very good football team, uh, despite my selection of having the Ravens uh, winning that division. And then uh, in the NFC, you know what? Screw it. I'm taking the Rams to win the NFC West, and I don't even care. Maybe it's the bias in that I'm literally speaking into a microphone on a podcast called Ram Showcase right now, surrounded by my Ram stuff. Um, but either way, I do feel good about this team. Um, I, I think that the, the Seahawks were a little fluky last year. I don't believe in the Geno Smith thing. And then the, the 49ers, I realize, get a lot of votes. And they have a very talented roster. But when your quarterback situation is like that, uh, it's it's not good. And 
there's uh, there's something to be said about uh, needing to make a decision on three different quarterbacks. Uh, well, four, really, if you go all the way back to the beginning of the offseason and look at Jimmy Garoppolo as well. I mean, that's too many guys that you're looking at. You should know who your quarterback is going to be. And uh, for that reason, I think the 49ers do slip back a little bit. I know they got the Bosa deal done, but uh, still, I think that they take a, a little bit of a step back. I also got the Giants uh, winning uh, the NFC East. I think that the the Cowboys are not as good as people are saying. I think that they, they are worse than they were last year, and a big part of that being Kellen Moore leaving uh, for the Chargers. And then the Philadelphia Eagles, I, I know that, that there's people out there saying that I'm insane for not saying that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win this division. But um, let's also not forget that uh, people were insane for thinking that the Rams weren't going to win the division in 2019, didn't even make the playoffs. And uh, coming off that Super Bowl loss, I mean, the Rams did... Uh, they, they, they didn't really lose anybody. They had a, a, essentially an identical team and weren't even ma- able to make it to the playoffs. And I think a similar situation happens to the Eagles, a bit of a Super Bowl hangover there. And then I do have the Lions coming out of the North. Packers obviously take a step back. You lose a future Hall of Famer uh, in your quarterback. And then obviously they just, I mean, I don't know. There's something about that Packers team that we'll see this year exactly how good LaFleur is and stuff like that. And they're, they're decent uh, for sure. but. Uh, I don't have them as a playoff team. And uh, the Minnesota Vikings, uh, I, I think, are decent. But obviously with Kirk Cousins, I'm never going to pick them to like win a lot of stuff. Like Especially if we get to primetime in, in postseason and stuff like that. I'm never really going to believe in them. Uh, but the Detroit Lions, man, there's something about this Lions team this year. I picked them to beat the Chiefs uh, on Thursday Night Football. If you're hearing this after that and I was wrong, well, shut up. I didn't know. And if I was right, then hell yeah, I called it. See, I told you I'm genius. <laughs> Uh, and then I do have the Saints winning uh, the the South. Um, I, I just think that they're the most complete team uh, in that division. There's something to be said about the Bucks and Mayfield and that they might have some fire. Uh, the Carolina Panthers and Bryce Young and seeing what they might be able to do. Uh, but other in the Falcons even, I mean, I know a lot of people are talking about them, but uh, there's something about the Saints and Derek Carr that I think that just it. I think it's safe. It's a safe bet to say that uh, Derek Carr and those Saints will be able to kind of just wiggle their way out of that division. And your wildcard teams, I do have the Seahawks, Eagles, and 49ers. I do have the Seahawks and 49ers kind of taking a step back. But the NFC is super weak. And maybe it gets better as the season goes on. And maybe we kind of have some teams that we're, we're a little bit surprised by. Uh, but overall, I think that uh, the Seahawks and 49ers taking a step back alongside with the Eagles as well. I think that they'll all be able to wiggle their way into uh, the into the playoffs. I just don't th- see them as like genuine threats. And I'll say this too. I know we just had an Eagles 49ers uh, NFC Championship game. I'm going to go ahead and lock into that uh, we see two different teams in the NFC Championship game this season. I don't have uh, picks for you, but I do think that the Eagles and 49ers, I I do think neither of them make the NFC Championship game. Take the receipts. It's here. I just said it. Now I can't take it away. All right. And uh, before we uh, move on to the game preview here, just a few quick transactions for you. Uh, so the Rams did sign cornerback Duke Shelley. Uh, we should actually see him this week, uh, week one, uh, as he does have familiarity in the system that the defense uh, that the Rams defense runs uh, with Raheem Morris. So he should be able to fit in pretty nicely. Uh, although maybe his his like continuity with all the other guys might not be there yet. Um, I think that Duke Shelley coming in uh, just with that base knowledge and honestly, I mean, he, he's a good player. I mean, so. We'll see uh, what impact he has, uh, but we should see it pretty early. 
The Rams also uh, will elevate Brett Maher. We have not seen that information quite yet, but of course, we're going to have a kicker in week one. And I know that uh, the panic really set in when the initial 53-man roster was uh, put out and the Rams did not have a kicker, uh, but uh, fear not. We will have a kicker come Sunday on the official roster. And then uh, the Rams also did wave safety Rashad Torrance and also waived with an injury designation cornerback Sean Jolly, uh, which is unfortunate. I was stoked to see that uh, Jolly did make the the initial 53-man roster. Uh, so right now what I'm kind of hoping for is that he does clear waivers, which I do believe has happened uh, depending on uh, the timing of, of uh, that news uh, getting out there officially. But uh, Sean Jolly should get back into uh, the Rams building probably a practice squad situation, uh, at least for now. So uh, with that being said, next up, we do have the game preview. We'll take a quick break here. Also, uh, this is my 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 little reminder or uh, announcement to you that uh, if you do have um, uh, some kind of Rams-related business or some kind of sports-related business and want to advertise with Rams Showcase, Hey, hit me up uh, that this is I, I do production. That's literally my day job uh, on the at the radio station. So uh, get something uh, we can get something written up for you and uh, recorded and published and uh, be part of the Ram Showcase universe as uh, we've had uh, plenty of plenty of people in bef- before. But uh, if you're looking at uh, hopping into that Ram Showcase at Gmail dot com, go ahead and reach out to me and uh, we'll get something figured out. But uh, we'll take a quick break here. And uh, on the other side, the game preview, Rams at Seahawks. Let's go. The Los Angeles Rams heading up the coast to Seattle to take on the Seahawks for week one of the 2023 NFL season. Of course, both teams 0-0 as, of course, uh, no games have been played yet. This uh, game kicks off at Lumen Field this Sunday, September 10th at 1.25 Pacific time. That is local time for both of the cities. Uh, that these teams are from. So uh, Kevin Kugler and Mark Sanchez on the call. Uh, they'll be in the booth with Laura Oakman on the sideline. This game is televised on Fox, uh, but not everywhere. The main game, uh, of course, being televised is that Packers game, uh, Packers and Bears. Uh, but the Rams get a pretty good chunk of just that whole West Coast over there. Uh, so it is in the blue zones. You got it up on your screen here uh, to put your eyeballs on that. Some notes here. So uh, September 10th, 1937. Yeah, that's right. The 86th anniversary of the Rams' first ever game. Although we do got to put that little asterisk in there that uh, the Rams did start in 36, but only two players and no coaches came back into uh, 37. So they counted as a separate entity. Either way, the official Rams in this entity right now uh, celebrating their 86th anniversary uh, for their first game on sunday which is very cool stuff some milestones to watch out for in this game as well as uh, just the whole season for you is uh matthew stafford will start with uh, he's going to enter 2023 needing 4941 yards to enter the top 10 all time in passing yards uh that is going to be passing eli manning who is currently 10th so hopefully at some point uh, this season although that is a hefty season 49 41 is what uh stafford would need uh then uh he Eli Manning getting dropped into uh to out of the top 10 would be pretty sweet stuff but also like I said that is a hefty amount of uh, passing yards. Stafford also needs 33 touchdown passes to enter the top 10 uh, all time in that regard as well so we're pulling for that. 33 doesn't seem outside of the realm of possibilities although that is again a pretty hefty number. 
Uh, so it, it does feel like maybe that would leak into next year, but uh, we still got this full season, and we can put up a 5,000-yard year with 33-plus touchdowns out of Stafford. Heck yeah, let's go ahead and do it. Also, he needs uh, 525 passing yards within the first nine games, which is obviously a pretty low average, uh, to pass Peyton Manning for third most ever in the first 200 games of your career. And if he was able to do that in the first nine games with 2,268 yards, he would uh, get second fastest or uh, second most passing yards in that realm, uh, passing Matt Ryan, who actually has, is uh, in second right now. Some other milestones you are watching for this season. Uh, Tyler Higby, he needs 61 catches to pass Robert Woods for eighth most in Rams history, uh, which is very exciting stuff. 61 feels very doable for Tyler Higby. So he could creep into eighth most receptions in Rams franchise history. With just two touchdowns, Tyler Higby can move into the top 10 in Rams history, passing Preston Denard. So he's right in line there. Uh, just two touchdowns to get in there. Three touchdowns to pass Jack Snow. Four touchdowns to pass Robert Woods. Seven to pass Flipper Anderson. And eight to pass Marshall Falk. All of those are extremely realistic. So he could be passing Preston Denard, Jack Snow, Robert Woods, Flipper Anderson, and Marshall Falk in the touchdown reception uh, list in Rams franchise history. Wide receiver Cooper Cup, who will not be appearing in this game, needs 85 receptions to pass Henry Ellard for third most in franchise history and three touchdowns to become third in franchise history, also passing Ellard, who currently does have 48. Cooper Cup's 46 career uh, receiving touchdowns uh, does keep him in fourth right now, but uh, it feels real that uh, depending on when Cooper Cup gets back into the offense, uh, that three touchdown receptions does feel very realistic. So uh, by the end of this season, it's very real that uh, that Cooper Cup will be third in that category in Rams franchise history. Aaron Donald needs just 14 tackles to pass Alec Ogletree to become the team's second all-time leading tackler with that title of number one officially still being held by James Laurinaitis, who, in, to my knowledge, and please correct me if I'm not correct here, is uh, one of two Ohio State linebackers who lead NFL teams all-time in tackles, with the other being A.J. Hawk with the Green Bay Packers. So, we're obviously, uh, there's a lot of things to look for in this game. Uh, it, it's, of course, week one, so I don't really have even, like, a full offensive and defensive breakdown for you, but... We'll talk about this game in a different sense because uh, the Rams are coming into this game after a five-win season and an offseason full of difficult decisions. Again, let's not pretend like they weren't. So the Rams did, uh, they, they entered the offseason after falling to the Seahawks in Week 18 last year, wondering if desperately clinging to the talent on the roster or dumping some large cap numbers to, on some aging players that were tied to some aging players, uh, whether that was the move, right? So to get a little younger, you get rid of a little bit of cap space, it seemed like, obviously, that is what the Rams decided to do, but that was part of the decision. That's a very tough decision to make uh, for an NFL team. We know that the Rams chose the latter, of course, and now enter the season with many questions to answer. There's a lot more questions uh, to answer than we have answers for, that is for sure. Of course, we'll get those as the season goes on. It might not be the answers that we all want, uh, but we will get those questions answered. It's not inherently a bad thing, though, that uh, we go in with some unknown. I think that's totally cool. The Rams do have talent, albeit young and unproven. Uh, not every young guy the Rams brought in will pan out. Um, to think that none of them will, though, I think that's just silly. I don't think that to think that none of these guys are going to be awesome, 
uh, I, is definitely silly. And I realize it uh, when, uh, when, when you don't know a lot of the guys, and we had so many rookies coming in in training camp and preseason uh, that, that, that it's, it's hard to get behind them because you just don't know them. And if you're anything like me, I work on Saturday, so I don't watch a lot of college football. I didn't watch these guys play all last year. I was working. Um, so I, I realize that the unknown is a scary thing, and it is one of those things of like, well, it's like if we, have, I, I don't know, man, I, I, is this guy good or not? And and maybe he's, maybe they're not. But to say that all of them are not going to be good, silly, silly for sure. That is the correct word <laughs> there. Uh, the Rams they come into 2023 in uh, the NFC, which is already quite the toss up with the two teams that were in in the NFC Championship game. Uh, they're, they're the clear cut favorites to make it back. Although I really think that we see two different teams in those slots, uh, this season, uh, getting lucky a few times throughout the season could be all it takes to make it to the postseason, uh, where all bets are off and it's anyone's game. All you got to do is make it to the playoffs and it is anybody's game. This game against the Seahawks is the first chance that the Rams have to show what, uh, this young talented roster can do. And even being out guys like Cooper cup, well, that just opens the door for more young guys to show what they can do. Not only will we get a good view of some of these young guys, but the coaches now have everything in front of them. This year, we get to really know exactly how good of a coach Sean McVay is, how Raheem Morris can take a young group and put it together. Maybe it doesn't happen. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's better than we expect it to be. That's also a possibility. The fun part is, though, is not knowing whether it's going to be boom or bust right now. And we don't have to know that right now. Uh, to ask Rams fans what to expect from the season prompts some pretty wild answers. And uh, you can get all the way from, I've talked to people that say this team is not going to win more than two games. It's not possible that with the way that this roster is set up. Uh, it's just not possible this team's going to win two more than two games. And then also... Um, I ha I've heard from people that say uh, the Rams are going to win the division and win 12 games and probably get uh, the, the home field advantage because if you look at the other teams in the NFC and uh, the, the toughness of their divisions, the Rams could absolutely rise from that, from that and get home field advantage throughout the playoffs. But on Sunday, we take our first step in one of these directions, one of these two wild directions. Realistically, we probably land somewhere right in the middle, right? <laughs> between the between the two and twelve win mark, I'm guessing that's that's probably about right. Uh, that's a very large window of uh, of games to hit, uh, but I feel very confident <laughs> that uh, between two and twelve wins is where the Rams are going to kind of wiggle them themselves into. I don't think this is a team that's going to be pushing for a number one overall pick, and I also don't think that this is going to be a team pushing for the home field advantage in the postseason. I think it, this team's going to be fighting for the division potentially throughout the season and also potentially fighting just for a wild card spot. And again, once you get there, all bets are up. All right. And we've also got guys on this team who've been there before and have done it before. Matthew Stafford knows how to how to rally guys of Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, Jordan Fuller. These guys have been here and know what it takes uh, to kick a bunch of butt cheeks and win in the playoffs for sure. The history of this matchup, this is um, uh, this is going to be the 52nd meeting all-time. 27 and 24, the Seahawks do lead the all-time series, so hopefully Rams can uh, wiggle their way back into uh, in, into closing that gap up a little bit. Total points scored, very snug as well. The Rams have scored 1,066, while the Seahawks have scored 1,087. So uh, we could take that this week, which would be uh, super cool stuff, obviously. The current streak of this series is the uh, Seahawks. Uh, they, they did just sweep the Rams last year, so their streak is two. And then uh, the recent, uh, most recent game between these two uh, came week 18 of last season, where the Rams did fall in overtime. 
which is super unfortunate, not only for the Rams, but also for the Lions, because if the Rams won that game, well, we know that the Lions ended up winning their game, and they would have been a playoff team. Uh, but that is, of course, not what happened. Sorry about it, Lions. Sorry, Jared. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> That's all I got for you. Uh, some connections between these two teams. Uh, so on the Seahawks, uh, their offensive coordinator is Shane Waldron, who did spend time with the Rams between 2017 and 2020. Offensive line coach Andy Dickerson uh, with the Rams for a good chunk of time, 2012 all the way to 2020. Defensive assistant Damian Lewis, that's a name you might recognize from the St. Louis Rams defensive line as he was a player from 2001 until 2005 for the Rams. And then, of course, linebacker Bobby Wagner, who did spend a last season as a Los Angeles Ram and honestly killed it. Honestly, had a great season. It sucks to see him go back, but it also just makes sense. Like, it's like Bobby Wagner, I get like getting the news that Bobby Wagner's going back to the Seahawks. It's like, yeah, like it was fun, but yeah, that makes sense. Like, it just, I don't know, it, it checks out to me. But Bobby Wagner, of course, now I hope he sucks. Now I hope he's terrible, and I hope that he loses all of his football games. But he was awesome last year. So, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a hard player not to respect, even though, even when he's on uh, your rival. And uh, on the Rams, uh, secondary coach Chris Beak, uh, he was with the Seahawks in 2008-2009. Uh, quarterback coach Zach Robinson, he was there in 2010 as a player. And then uh, wide receiver coach Eric Yarber, Yarbs, uh, he was out there in 98. Yarbs is awesome. Uh, big fan of Yarbs. I think he does a great job with the wide receivers for the Rams. And uh, it's just, he's just a cool dude. Cool dude. And then uh, just I, the list of like former guy or like guys who have been teammates with each other, I didn't read nothing really stuck out to me outside of the fact that Van Jefferson and DK Metcalf did play two seasons together at Ole Miss. Of course, this was before Van Jefferson went over to Florida uh, to be a Gator. Uh, again, I don't have really like uh, matchups for you as far as uh, like diving into the numbers where I put up the whole screen and we can see uh, what uh, like the matchup uh, because, well, they're all zeros right now. And right now, the Rams are tied for first in everything. <laughs> so that's good news, I guess. But uh, no point in uh, really diving into the matchup itself like that. But what I can do for you and what I want to do for you is uh, give you three to see on offense and on defense. So these are guys that we're going to be watching because, of course, the Rams on offense, we don't really know what to expect. We're down Cooper Cup right now, but we are like we haven't had Matthew Stafford in a while. We Cam Akers ended the season real strong. Tyler Higby's best tight end in Rams history. Our offensive line is finally put back together, not so beat up. So there's a lot of question marks when it comes to this side of the football. Uh, and also on the defensive side of the football, there's a lot of things that changed on that on, on there as well. Let's go ahead and talk about the offense first, though, with uh, quarterback Matthew Stafford. He did miss a good chunk of time last year, but he also says that he's feeling better this year at this point of the offseason that he has in quite a while. So if that is true, we should see it pretty quick, right? We should be able to see a Matthew Stafford doing a pretty good job in week one against the Seahawks. If he really is feeling better right now than he has in years at this point of the season, then we should see, realistically speaking, a pretty good Matthew Stafford in Seattle in week one. Next up, I'll go with Cam Akers. Cam was on fire at the end of last season, and with without Cooper Cup on the football field, of course, this is the perfect opportunity to show that he can uh, continue what he did last year and just kind of keep that rolling. and. That the, the offseason, that it worked, like that we that, that everybody kind of kind of buckled in and just kind of did what they needed to do, and we're good to go. My cat is eyeballing my camera, so if it falls down, I do apologize. <laughs> he's, he's going nuts over here. All right. Carl's not used to me recording anymore. Uh, and then uh, Puka Nakua is going to be my final one on the offensive side here. 
Uh, the rookie is going to join Jefferson and Sko as critical parts of the offense in week one in Cup's absence. And uh, our first chance to see uh, the work that that Puka Nakua did during uh, the training camp and, and preseason era. So uh, I'm excited to see Puka out there officially getting some reps uh, and necessary reps. He needs to play. We need him to play. We need him to not only play, but we also need him to play well. Without Cooper Cup out there, uh, you need other guys to step up. And Puka seems to be that kind of guy, right? It, it stands to reason that Puka is, he was kind of brought here for that reason, to be that kind of player, that Robert Woods, Cooper Cup-ish kind of player, because they have pretty similar styles there. Uh, and then a uh, defensive side of the football here, we're going to go with Aaron Donald, obviously. <laughs> we'll go, what kind of Rams show is this if I'm not talking about how cool Aaron Donald is? So after missing uh, some time last year for sure, uh, Aaron Donald seems to, he seems to have the fire in his stomach, and yes, that's a shot for the Cardinals. Uh, but uh, he seems to have that fire back. And uh, there's some big-name departures on defense. AD definitely needs to shine for this defense to get off the football field, and I think that he knows that. I think that he knows when you lose a Bobby Wagner and a Jalen Ramsey that a little bit more pressure gets added to your shoulders. But luckily, those shoulders can lift buses and airplanes and stuff because he's Aaron Donald, so uh, I, I feel okay with that. I feel okay needing to uh, put some pressure onto Aaron Donald uh, when it comes to uh, the the defensive side of the football. I think that that's totally reasonable. And then uh, next up, we'll go with Ernest Jones. Uh, Ernest Jones is a captain for the first time in his career, but not only does he get the C-patch, he also gets the green dot. Expect a conversation between Jones and Bobby Wagner um, before the game. Um, and I, I think that ultimately this will be one of those motivation things where Bobby Wagner, of course he wants to win the football game, but I think it'll be one of those things where he kind of talks to Ernest Jones in a way of like, dude, you got this, you know? And I, I think that... The, that conversation, on top of the fact that Ernest Jones already seems like primed for a total breakout, but then I, I think that the reason I'm mentioning that conversation is because he was such a, like Bobby Wagner was such a leader for Ernest Jones last year. And so to have him, even though he's not on the same team anymore, to have him there uh, to, to kind of just like, like he comes in now, he's got the green dot, he's got the C on his, on his jersey, and he sees the guy that he kind of studied all last year. I think that's going to be very good for Ernest Jones. So uh, I'm giving him this one uh, as, as part of my three to see. Um, but uh, he also is coming off of his game where he had the most career tackles in his career uh, in week 18 against the Seahawks uh, just this last year, which in fairness, it was five. Um, I think he's going to beat that multiple times this year. I would be surprised if he doesn't. I think that five is going to be like the base for uh, Ernest Jones uh, coming in this year. But uh, I'm excited for Ernest Jones. Uh, he's... He's one of the guys I'm really, really, really pumped for uh, going into this season. And then on my final on the three to see on the defensive side of the football, uh, we're going to go to Kobe Durant and Darian Kendrick. Combo package there. The loss of Ramsey cannot be understated. Absolutely not. It's certainly a hit to the Rams secondary, but these two young guys are in the perfect spot to step it on up. Strong performances out of these two players, which absolutely could happen, could kind of change the tune of Rams fans and national media alike and uh, change their tune in uh, to how the, se the, the season for the Los Angeles Rams will unfold. Because obviously, uh, the, the narrative right now is that this team is not very good, not going to win a lot of football games. Uh, but, hey, a good showing in week one. And, like, if Stafford's on, if, if Atwell decides that this is the year that he's going to pop, if Jefferson pops, if... Uh, if if Ernest Jones, Kobe Durant, Darian Kendrick, if these guys step up and are really, really good this year, 
then I think that um, that 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 tune will change rather quick. As of course uh, the Seahawks being talked about as a playoff team, and then week two. I mean, we'll get into it of course next week, but week two we got the 49ers coming to town, and if the Rams could could exit these two weeks two and zero, oh, then I mean the the tune is going to change, and then of course the conversation could be like, well. They got Cincinnati week three. They got Indy week four. They got Philly week five. Like, but either way, this these first like five weeks or so, even if the Rams are not winning these games, but if they are in these games and competing, I think that the narrative is going to change. Not only from the national media perspective, but from also the Rams fans, because I know Rams fans are pretty down right now. Uh, the the whole mood of the fan base is very dejected. Um, I I, I don't really. I'm not in that group. Um, I'm just excited for Rams football to come back. Maybe we, maybe we're terrible. Maybe it's bad. Well, I'm still so excited for the season. <laughs> I'm going to be excited for next season and and the, and the one after that and the one after that. So I'm kind of here for whatever. I know that, that uh, not every fan loves to hear that. That like, I mean, winning's a lot more fun, but like losing's whatever. Like I'm, I'm still going to be here. So <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of indifferent on on it all. Uh, but uh, hey, that Super Bowl was so sick, right? And also, let me ask you this, all right? Let me just go ahead and take a t- pump these brakes just a little bit, all right? So if I take you back, I talked about this on Ram Showcase Live, streaming every Monday on uh, Ram Showcase uh, YouTube and Facebook pages. Just a live stream, a little bit more casual, uh, where we just have uh, conversations. Rams fans can join on the stream with me. Uh, so if that's something you're interested in, every single Monday, uh, all throughout the year, that's going to happen and all that. So either way, that's a, that's a fun time. But let me take you back to uh, week one, 2021 season before the Rams and Bears faced off, right? So if I were to go before that game even happens, before Stafford hits Jefferson for that first touchdown, if I would have said to you, the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl this year, but the next two or three seasons might be rough, what is your answer to that? Like, do you say yes to that? If I'm asking you, like, hey, the Rams will win the Super Bowl this year, but what I'm going to need from you is uh, to accept that uh, the next two or three years might be kind of lame and you're going to lose a lot of games. What do you say? I say yes immediately i don't even think about it it's like because my brain goes back to the the whole like ending of the 2000s before 2010 of the rams and what i would have i would have murdered family members to see this team in the playoffs you know what i mean so i don't know that's uh that's kind of where where my mindset goes i zoom out a little bit all right because like yeah we're we're coming off of a five win season going into this year can look a little bleak depending on your perspective on things uh, but I, I also remember that I, I've got the Super Bowl ring sitting right here. I got Super Bowl stuff all around me here. And uh, I'm OK with that. If it means a couple of lame seasons before we can start building back up a championship roster, then OK. I mean, it's, it's fine. It's fine. But either way, that's the thing is that that's not promised. We're being bad this year is not promised. It might not be. So let's just have fun. Right. That's kind of my whole point is like, let's just have fun and watch the Rams and have a good time. That's what it's all about. I think too. I get I get into the uh, the mindset of like, I don't know. I I like the ride of it. I like the ride. I like the um. I like getting together with the bros on a on a Sunday and uh, watching you know Tyler Higby score touchdowns. We all high five and stuff like that. Like oh, I love that. That's that's what uh, that's my uh, my favorite part of it all. Like yeah, it's it's cool to watch the Rams win. But got my homies there. Um, got some good food, good people. I mean, that's kind of what it's all about, right? So. Uh, that's from my own perspective. Um, but that is uh, that is it. That's our game preview. Rams, Seahawks, week one. This coming Sunday, Lumen Field, televised on Fox uh, in select areas, of course. 
but uh, I'm pumped about it. Um, also, heads up, I'm not going to be doing my pregame live streams this year. I'm taking Sunday as a fan. I've decided that um, I've, I've added the live stream on Mondays. I brought back the video versions of the game previews, and I'm going to go ahead and take Sundays to myself and just kind of hang it out uh, there. So um, that, that is going to do it for me. Again, uh, any sponsorship uh, or advertising opportunities, please email ramsshowcase or ramsshowcase at gmail.com. I will be able to respond to you that way. Ramshowcase.com for all the latest surrounding the show and myself. Game preview stuff there as well. Um, but um, that is it for me. We got week one coming up and I'm pumped about it. Let's go, right? Uh, but uh, yeah, thanks for hanging out and uh, and participating in the Ram Showcase madness. We're back at it, man. We're back at it. I'm pumped about it. Uh, it's good stuff, though. Thanks for hanging out with me. I am Sheriff Joe Bags. Make sure to follow uh, on your, all your favorite social media at Ram Showcase at Sheriff Joe Bags. Uh, but that, that is going to do it for me. I am Sheriff Joe Bags. This has been Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio and the Fan Sided Network. For those of you who aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you who are Rams fans, thank you so much for listening. Go Rams! Go Rams!